We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 43 months into two weeks to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? Well, I'm healthy, alive, so it's a good day. Yeah, well, it is uh, It is a good day. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed we have no problems today, hopefully. Let's, let's just, let's hope. Last week, we did have some technical difficulties that were beyond our control, and so therefore we had to end a little bit early. And we were on quite a barn burner of a, of a topic, and Bruce was on a roll. And about mid-sentence, everything just got cut and everything got dropped. So, yeah, we and we weren't able to um, uh, to finish it. And, of course, I wasn't going to be around the rest of the week. And so, therefore, and you weren't available. So there, there was no other time that it could have been done because everything had to be done and submitted by the next morning. And so, therefore, there was nothing. We did have to put out a rerun uh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. <laughs> the day before yesterday. I'm getting my days all mixed up. I'm, I'm trying to play catch up, right, since I've been back. So I've been trying to play catch up. But before we get started, I would like to let everyone know that we did take a big risk when we started all of this. And we are not backed by fake corporate dollars that push fake agendas that make everyone hate each other. So if you are interested in supporting the work that we do, we do offer additional features with our now active subscription service. Benefits include access to our instant messaging service for direct communication to us, along with early access to upcoming and sometimes unpublished podcasts, as well as exclusive access to our behind-the-scenes uncensored prep sessions, where we talk about things that sometimes don't make it to the final product, which you're hearing now, which Bruce and I just did. So if you want to take part in this fight with us, if you want to support a team that's willing to do the real research and not give you fake nonsense for talking points, if you want to say screw you to the mainstream media like CNN, Fox News, BBC, Sky News, and MSNBC, then the link is in the program description down below where you can click it and you can come on board with us and take advantage of these benefits that we're offering to you. And by doing so, you will support our work and you will also support the research that goes along with that work so we can continue it. And together we can take the fight to the doorsteps of these frauds that are on the television, in the newspapers, and the talking heads on the international stage. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, together we can take action as subscriptions start at just $5 per month. Now, are you still unsure of what you're getting? We can now fix that. We now offer a 30-day free trial, which includes unlimited access to all features and content. Again, the link is in the program description down below. It's been about a week since uh, since we last spoke. Uh, where do you want to start? God, uh, anywhere, really. Um, well, we've got new because... developments in, in in what's going on. We, we can talk about some things that are actually going on behind the scenes in places like Russia and China uh, that we're not being mm -hmm. told about. Uh, we can talk about where Putin is today. Putin is in Beijing today. That is not in our media at all. I've seen nothing about that. Uh, mm -hmm. I've seen some back channels reporting. And of course, it's all over uh, Chinese and, and Russian state media, but it's not on ours. It's not in ours anywhere. I, I have seen it on some alternative media websites. Um, they made mention that he was there because um, I'm actually a part of a newsletter of uh, one of the... Uh -huh one of the big big yeah talking heads and yeah. they mentioned it in their show prep so um well this is where he is this is him walking you see they rolled out the red carpet there for him i'm sure the red is just a you know it's a formality but well, you sure, see yeah, yeah mm -hmm. he, you see he's there meeting with his uh he's about to shake his the hand of his dear friend uh xi jinping mm -hmm. you know i'm a bit baffled in and how 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 do these two how are they friends and the reason i say that is Based on the speech that we read from the whatever general from China Chia in Chia. 2003, yeah. Or, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, 
He basically said, uh, yeah, we're the superior race, just like the Nazis thought themselves to be superior back in the day, the Aryan race. Um, now they think, uh, the Chinese say that the yellow skinned, that that's, that's what he says in his speech is, well, uh, translated into English. That's, that's what he was saying. They're the superior race now. I, I, I'm sorry. Um, if I'm Russia, I, I get it. We're kind of on the same page in the sense of, you know, we're, we're both communists. We're trying to get rid of the capitalists and then we can duke it out later. But they have you, they have you beat like four to one, five to one, like just on sheer manpower. And I think you're running into these other behind the scenes issues as well. Why are you two playing nice? This kind of when you're talking about the behind the scenes stuff, let's talk about that for a second. Yuri Felchinsky was was kind of on point. He's a Russian historian. He's published several books, one of which was uh, blowing up Russia and the other was blowing up Ukraine. Uh, and then, of course, you had Putin and the corporation was another one. And Putin's um, what was it? The, I, I can't remember the name of the, the other big one that he wrote, but uh, it'll come back to me at some point, I'm sure. He had made the the argument almost a year ago now that by the sanctions that have been taking place on Russia because of the whole Russia-Ukraine debacle, that that has forced Russia to turn to their only trading partner. And that is, well, apart from like North Korea, but what the hell does North Korea have to trade other than salt, I think. But the Russians have had to turn to the Chinese to get the backfill of their products. So you don't have Western products you know, U.S. products, I'm, I'm sure some are still leaking through, right? Because they have a big black market economy that, that runs through Russia that's run by the intelligence services, mostly. Uh, that's how they get people compromised. Uh, one of the ways they do it. But the Chinese are now backfilling the products, right? So the consumer goods market, a lot of that is, is Chinese. Over 80% of the cars that have been sold in Russia in the last 12 months have been Chinese cars. We don't hear about that. Not at all. We, we don't hear one bit about that. Now, the other thing was, and I think I mentioned this last week, one of the other things that, that's going on right now, the Russians have fuel shortages, oil and gas shortages. Hang on a minute. This is a country that thrives on their exports of oil and gas. How do they have shortages at home? You got lines, just like you saw back in the days of the Soviet Union at fuel stations. I heard a funny story. So the bus, back in the old Soviet days, Bruce, you'll appreciate this story. The bus was always late getting to town on certain days, right? The, some days it wouldn't show up at all. But the reason it was always late getting to town is because the road never had a turnaround spot. So the bus always, ha always had to do like one of those 90 point turns at the end of the road to get turned around. And while that was going on, you had people siphoning the diesel out of the back of the bus so they could put it in the tractors so they could get the harvest going. Like I said, you'd appreciate that. Yeah, you can yeah, see Bruce's that, that face. Is, he's, he's laughing. Yeah, that, that, that is quite hilarious. I'm sure it wasn't hilarious at the time uh, for the, uh, you know, every, no, the, of course the bus not. driver uh, no, and the people not. that were well, trying to rely on the bus. But I mean, that's the that's the environment you create by going with the, the communist socialist system the, the, yes yeah, no yes there's there's no there's no system like the the economic portion of it just doesn't work if you go back and you look at the days before the new economic policy that was another way of saying capitalism by the way from lenin and the bolsheviks they tried to implement a communist economy and they ended up having two working trains in the entirety of russia two if you practice marxist forms of economics you're really kind of living in the stone age Let's just be honest. So and they, they think the reason that that doesn't work and they, they actually went back and they looked and they're like, why isn't it working? Well, the reason it's not working is because they surmise that it's because capitalism still exists. But anyway, this is a side issue, but it kind of goes to where we are now and what we're going to talk about now. So they've got the oil and gas shortages in Russia, not talked about in our media. The sanctions, again, were behind that. And the reason is, is because you had Western companies, namely American companies, you know, because we know how to drill for oil and gas in America. We know how to do that. So we were over there drilling for oil and gas with our machinery. Well, when the sanctions came down, we pulled all of our technology and we left. Therefore, they have no way of drilling. They have no way of extracting because the machinery that they had is, well, quite frankly, was substandard. So they had to turn to the Chinese who have attempted to copy our oil and gas drilling and extraction mechanisms. Well, there's a problem with that. When you compromise on certain things, as the Chinese always do, 
you sacrifice quality, a lot of it. So therefore, that stuff that they're being resupplied with by the Chinese to drill for oil and gas is, um, well, let's just say it's substandard. And a lot of the equipment is breaking down and they're not able to get the actual drilling or the extraction process going. So therefore, they have the shortages. Now, what else do you have that we're not being told about? Marty had mentioned, and he can possibly speak on it when he's on later on this week, but um, when he's on tomorrow. But uh, he said that uh, the airline, um, the Russian airline Aeroflot, which is the got to have the worst track record in in aviation. uh, And they've actually that is still the same airline that they've had since the the days of the Soviet Union. Same same name and everything. Well, there's a problem. They've had 24 accidents this year alone. Why on earth have we not heard about that? Well, because that's a negative point. We can't put things out at a negative point, can we? No, we're not allowed to hear that. Well, we can hear all day about the successes. That's fine. But you see, the military side of their aircraft, they maintain those things quite frequently. Those things are given priority. The consumer market in Russia has always been bottom of the barrel. They've not paid any mind to the consumer market. That's always second to last, if you will. And so therefore, you have planes, airplanes, commercial airliners that are not able to actually get in the air. And if they do get in the air, they can't stay in the air. Reason being, a lot of these parts, these high-end precision machine parts and replacement parts for these aircraft because they require constant maintenance, constant, and you need replacement parts. Well, the parts that are usually replace that are replacement parts on these aircraft, all of these things are tracked, traced, and controlled throughout the world. All of them are, and it takes time to get them manufactured. A majority of them, if not all of them, exclusively come from Western countries, the US, the UK, and Western Europe. We manufacture these parts with precision accuracy, and they need to be installed correctly and used. Well, over time, these parts break down. Another part of the sanctions, they haven't been able to get replacement parts for their commercial aircraft. And you're going to see the same problem in China, I might add, very soon, if it's not happening already, because we don't hear anything about China at all, except how great they're doing. Same well, thing no, again. China has that taken care of. They'll, they'll just have another pandemic lockdown. Well, yeah, that's true. You won't yeah. be able to travel. So. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Well, anyway, um, the, the problem is, is that they're actually relying on the Chinese for replacement parts, again, second-rate copies to put in their aircraft. Well, these parts are failing. And so therefore, their aircraft are not able to get off the ground. So we're told about how bad we're doing all day, every day, and about all of our faults, but we never hear about this, ever. These are important points that I think should be brought up. And the Russian ruble, again, over 100 to 1. The interest rates, 13% now. We're not told this. Their economy's gone down a couple of pegs in the last few weeks. So this is kind of what's going on behind the scenes. And, and we're not we're not having this this discussion. I'm not seeing this anywhere. The, these types of things, these points that are being brought up anywhere. That's actually the first I've heard of anything about uh, the, the Russian economy, even even in the uh, alternative medias, you know, what have you. Um, when, when I try to brush up on uh, news in the evenings, um, none of them are talking about what's going on in Russia as far as, you know, economics or or even even the shortage of uh, hardware like that, um, you know, machined hardware. I, I hope, you know, they're not, but I hope that the uh, Russian people are seeing what's going on and realizing what's going on. And, and the problem is, is I think they're being fed the, well, um, it's the, you know, like Europe. United States, it's it's those people that are barring us from being able to get the replacement parts, which is partly true. It's kind of true. But if you guys would, you know, stop being assholes, we would, you know, do trade with you. But no, I don't think so. You don't think you, uh, we should do trade with them if they stopped being um, crazy? Uh, or do you mean uh, they're not being how told can the you, truth? How can you stop being a Marxist Leninist? How can you stop that? You're a Marxist-Leninist in your entire life and your entire political career, and all of a sudden you're not? This was one of the whole concepts behind the fake collapse of the Soviet Union. Very large parking lots. That, that we would are, be one way. Yeah, to... we are good at building those. I, I, yeah, we, yeah. we have some great engineers uh, that are behind mm. that. Uh, anyway, but yeah, that's that's what's going on with the uh, the Russian and the Chinese. The Chinese economy is not doing much better. You know, they're having their own fair share of problems. Of course, they've got their real estate issues. Uh, and you know, this is something that I want to discuss with Marty. I need to talk with him about this behind the scenes first before we talk about it publicly. Uh, but the Chinese have been able to do some finagling uh, with something, and and I I need to get an explanation from him first on it on how they are able to do that. 
uh, but then we can talk about it publicly because I need to know how that's that's done. Uh, but nonetheless, I still think, and now that you've gone through, we were actually going to get into this last week. Let's let's move over to China. Uh, you mentioned General Chiao Chen's speech, right? You've read the speech now, and we were in yep. the process of getting ready to get into it and getting your assessment on it uh, mm-hmm. in, in the last podcast. We didn't have a chance to do that. But uh, what did you think? Um so I believe I said in the prep, uh, if I remember right, I feel dumber after reading it. And it's not because of, um, well, it's solely because it's a propaganda piece. Uh, there was a lot of things in there that were just complete falsehoods. Um, as we know, the human race comes from uh, basically uh, the same two parents. Uh, like we can trace it back. I don't know. It was something like 20,000 years or something like that. And it, it 24,000, some, somewhere in that range. And we all come from these same parents. The entire race comes from the same parents. But in his speech, he said, but the yellow man uh, comes from a, a different uh, parent altogether. Um, like he literally says in his speech, science says there's only two, like we can trace them back to the two parents. And then literally in his same speech, he says, but the yellow man, no, no, I'm sorry. The two cannot be true at the same time. Either you came from the same parent or you did not. Like there, there is no, anyway, the arguments and stuff he was making in there were, were asinine, literally, uh, the same kind of asinines too. That's too generous. That's being too nice. The things he was espousing was literally Nazism. I mean, not, not neo-Nazi, not, not, no, this is, it, it's literally Nazism. Uh, the, the difference is it's about the yellow man and not the Aryan race this time. And I'm, I'm, again, I'm using yellow man because that's what he said in his speech. That's, that's the wordage he used. Um, so yeah, I, I, I found it, um, pretty repulsive. Uh, and like I said, it, it, it was at the same time enlightening because, um, some of the things he said in there, which one of the things he said that stuck out to me was they would threaten nuclear war, but were never going to use it because it would destroy them. Um, they understood the concept that if they used it, it would be the end of them. So that may be true. That may I also actually, be propaganda. Yeah, I have um, an argument to make to that. I'm not obviously because of the, you're talk, you're referencing the speech. I'm not saying that I have an argument to your point. I'm saying that I have an argument to his point that he made in the speech, but go on. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Uh, my 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 perspective on that one, just to be clear, I think they absolutely will use nuclear weapons if they think they're going to lose. He's just saying that to the people because they aren't able to stomach it yet. They did uh, say in there they did a questionnaire which was online back in 2003, which they would have done the the, the questionnaire before then and asked people um, if they were willing to basically uh, kill. Uh, men, women, children of other um, enemy nations. Now, the the problem with that is um, this is this is the early two thousands. This would have this this questionnaire would have went out um, economically and everything. I I'm pretty sure China wasn't to the point that the average person had internet. I'm pretty sure it was just the party that would have had internet back then, over twenty years ago. Um, we, that, that was during the era of dial up here in, in, in the West. I don't think China was economically in the position to have internet, let alone dial up to the majority of their population. I think it was mostly the, the party members. So their questionnaire was only for the party members. I don't think that the Chinese people as a whole, I don't know that they're, I don't know that they're on the same page. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know because the ones that immigrate here to the United States, they don't espouse those ideas. They quite love our constitution and everything. I mean, it, it's fairly stereotypical of most, well, and then uh, most immigrants to finish my sentence. But then at the same time, you look at the kids that come from China, come from the parents that immigrated here from China. Remember the joke I said about 9-11? The, there was a Zoomer that was telling a joke about 9-11 and yeah. didn't realize that uh, it was two towers that had get hit and the yeah. Pentagon and all of that. Uh-huh. This individual was the child of Chinese immigrants. So if this is the mindset that the immigrants have coming here to the States, they don't pass it on to the next generation. The next generation is completely indoctrinated into the consumerism. Anyway, that's long-winded to say uh, the speech was absolutely insane ramblings. In the sense of, like I said, it was it's just straight Nazism. Um, 
it, it, it just I'm surprised nobody picked it up in the media well, and, and, the Epic and pointed Times. it out because yeah, you know. the Epic Times picked it up. Um, to to the the point on um, the the nuclear option, right? I I agree with you. I I fully I fully believe that they will uh, em- employ them if they feel as though they are painted into a corner. Uh, mm-hmm. And we can enter the Middle East conflict in on this. If you go back to and I was telling you this in prep. If you go back to Miles um, Guel, I, I heard a clip of him over the weekend, and he said in, he said on August twenty second, uh, or I'm sorry, no. I'm sorry. He said in August of last year, August of 2022, I got the date and the year mixed up, August of 2022, he said at that time publicly that the Chinese Communist Party wanted to start a war in the Middle East. In order to, for, and for them to do that, they would have to obviously have the, all the networks activated that the Russians have spent decades infiltrating, right? Because they're allied. They have military agreements. They've had those agreements going back to the 80s. So the, the original concept was is that the Chinese, for whatever reason, they had to move. They had to go. And they pushed the Russians into going. And Russia even said, we're not ready, we're not ready. But I believe they kind of pushed them into it. And so remember, Russia was supposed to roll over Ukraine in a couple of weeks. Well, then that would have put them into Transnistria, into Moldova, into Romania, up through Slovakia, into the Czech Republic. And guess what? They would have been right on NATO's door. And of course, if you have Russian tanks all the way up into Poland... On the German border, you're going to put the Europeans in a panic, aren't you? Well, then oh, what yeah. are we going to do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Then what are we going to do? Well, we're going to send all of our boys who never should have left in the first place back to Europe. Then if you're going to start a war in the Middle East simultaneously while you've got Russia on your doorstep, well, then that's going to draw us further into it, isn't it? So now we've got two fronts that we're dealing with. Right. This is the ideal scenario that they wanted to paint. But I think it went horribly wrong in, in Ukraine. But then they wanted to engulf the Middle East in conflict. And then that's going to cut off the Europeans from oil and gas because you're not going you're not getting anything from Russia right now. I don't care what the media says. Those are a bunch of liars. You're not getting anything from from Russia at the moment or it's very little because they've got their own shortages. They're going to be looking after their own before they look after anybody in Western Europe, I can assure you. Yeah. Marxist ideology or not. So I if mean, you cut I I would be I would be saying the same thing in the US if we were having shortages and oh, what yeah. we were, which I mean, we are having a shortage in what we're we have 10 days. allowed to drill. We have 10 days uh, of strategic reserve left. 10. So I, I personally, I would be cutting back on how much would be going out of country and focusing yes. on building ourselves back up. Yes. So it, it, it makes sense, you know, strategically. Yes, of course. And and that's that's what people are not doing right now. They're not thinking strategically. They're not thinking geopolitically. They're not thinking in any of these terms at all. We're just we're told these conflicts, Russia, Ukraine, pick a side, Israel, Palestine, pick a side. Well, if you implode, if you're China, if you implode the Middle East, which we kind of have our own theory on that, you've got to have Israel if you're China, because they bought the largest port in Israel and their Belt and Road Initiative does not work without that port. They've got to have it and they've got to have it under their control. So you engulf the Middle East, you hold the Europeans hostage with resources, you draw in the U.S. into the conflict in the Middle East. And then what does that do? That pulls us away from our obligations in the Pacific with Japan, with South Korea, with Australia, with New Zealand. And that leaves our West Coast vulnerable, doesn't it? So they can then challenge us in the Pacific. You know, I fully intend for the Chinese. And we covered this a while back when they were working on their amphibious fleet, the Chinese. And I told you that they had a range of 6,000 nautical miles. Well, guess what? That just so happens to be the coast of the, the West Coast, excuse me, the East Coast of China to the West Coast of the United States. 6,000 yeah. nautical miles or thereabouts. You don't need 6,000 nautical mile range to move heavy equipment if you're going to Taiwan. This is where right. I, I think General Chiao Chen, I think he was he was right when he said, Taiwan's the deception. That's not the target. It's the US. So yeah. we're going to build it up like it's Taiwan, and they've been doing that, but that's not the target. They believe if they can knock out the US, then everything else will fall in the Pacific. Now, when this strategy in this speech was not not the Chiao Chen speech, but the other one when they were talking about mobilizing to go across the Pacific, when that was actually brought to our attention a year and a half ago, which we talked about here, the individual that was giving that information, which was a, a Chinese uh, journalist who was a defector, he said that first, the Chinese are going to, in their terms, <laughs> they're going to ask us 
to get out of the northeastern Asiatic region, right? Namely, South Korea and Japan, and let them fall into the sphere of influence of the Chinese. They were going to ask us. And this is, by the way, this is their way of asking, right? We do, we're not going to know what China is going to do. They're not going to tell us that. They're just not. We're not going to have any other signs than what we're currently getting. So this is the best we're going to be able to make of it. This is the Chinese way of asking us to get out of the region. Now, you might ask, well, what happens if we don't do what they ask? The answer from this Chinese journalist was a nuclear Pearl Harbor. So there you go, Bruce. If they feel as though they're going to lose, that's what they'll do. Yeah. And just not, uh, you know, for the for the sake of the listener, just losing the uh, Korea South Korea, Japan, you know, Taiwan, that area, just losing at that is pretty much it, it's sealing their fate because they're on the verge of collapse themselves right now. If their economy continues to collapse and the people are not able to get food uh, in mass, they're going to overthrow the party. It's going to be a bloodbath, a civil war, uh, and that will be the end of the Communist Party there in China uh, for a while, at least. Um, and the same thing with Russia. If, if Russia can't get its act together, um, the people are liable to throw them out as well. Uh, so maybe. But you're right. They need the farmland. That's what they're after in the U.S., by the way. They need that arable farmland and they need it now. They don't need it yesterday. They need it now. Now, in that speech, again, referencing General Chiao Chen's speech, in that speech, they expect to lose if they don't do this. This is key. Mm. They expect to lose 800 million of their own citizenry. 800 million. So this is their play. This is what they expect to do. So they need the Russians to get across the Pacific. The concept here is that they've already divided up the land. Why aren't we being told any of this? Because, well, they've got their people in pocket here in the West. They've had them in pocket for quite some time. They've had a good number of decades now to make sure that all the people that they need are in the right places. So the Chinese are expected to take the lower 48, and the Russians are expected to take Alaska and Canada. Honestly... If this happened under a Biden administration, I think they would win. No question. If we had a different president, um, like a DeSantis, as an example, after seeing what he's he's um, stepped up and done here lately when it comes to the whole Middle East situation and how he's um, trying to get people out, uh, our people back out of Israel and out of the Gaza Strip back here. If we had that kind of a person in office. It might be a little bit more difficult for China and Russia to enact their play. However, I think our administration has, the current uh, regime, has set things in motion that it probably won't matter who's in office. It won't matter if we fix the entirety of the government overnight. We get all the corrupt politicians out because we have 20 plus million illegals here that have not been vetted. There could be... Okay, how many people... How many people uh, perpetrated 9-11 that the the public that were told publicly? Less than 20. Wow, that's that's quite a number for 20 million, at least 20 million that we know are here illegally. If it only took 20, how many of that 20 million are CCP, Soviets, Hamas or Hezbollah? Hezbollah. Or Iranian? We grabbed two. Yeah, we grabbed two Hezbollah operatives that were Iranian nationals on the border yesterday morning. And as you said in prep, how many got through? Exactly. Those are the only, the, those are the, if we had a 90% catch rate, 90%, we'd still have something uh, in the line of, you know, 20, uh, based on just what's gone through so far under the Biden administration, we would still have something like 23, 24,000 uh, individuals that got through. And again, of that 24,000, finding 20 people or even fewer, I mean, uh, look at the, um, Oklahoma City bombing that happened years ago. That was done by what, like two people? That that was an entire like block that was more or less heavily damaged. It, it doesn't take much for these these loons to cause havoc in in a populated area. Um, and we have potentially thousands of um, <laughs> people with ill intent in the nation now. So, part of me, the American, uh, the the. Uh, I, I've joked about the 80s American mentality. Um, I still have that. Even with that, even with, I don't know that we would, I, I don't know that we would come on top. We have we have the greatest military in the world. We have the best hardware, the best training, all that stuff. Doesn't matter. 
your your home front there there's there's people among us that are intending to kill us what do you do the calls are coming from inside the house like uh, what, what do you do how are you, how are you going to stop all of them? This is the problem we ran into when we were there in the Middle East to begin with. Our soldiers were getting hit by, you know, IEDs and that. They they were plain clothed individuals. They weren't wearing a uniform. It wasn't like, oh yeah, this, this is the enemy guys, you know, World War II, as an example. Uh, you know, that was a pretty cut and dry. We knew who the good guys were. We knew who the bad guys were. It's not that, that it's not that anymore. It, it's not that anymore. And I, the the coming war that I think um, China and Russia are going to kick off with us in the West, because I don't think it's going to happen just here. No. When they start doing it here in the U.S., it's going to happen in Europe as well. Yes. They, they've got a lot of illegals there in Europe. They uh, need to. Could be, yeah. You know, the, here's what they need to do. Right. They need to neutralize, quote, neutralize. They just need to keep the Europeans out of it. That's what they need to do. So if they can keep the Europeans out of it and to the Korea side of things, the South doesn't even have to get involved. They want to neutralize that as well. If they can neutralize the Japanese somehow, I, I don't know, because the Jap the Japanese and the Russians and the Chinese do not get along. They never have. Mm. So yeah. to think that they're going to be in some kind of, I don't know, agreement or something is just, I, I think it's just no. crazy. But the South Koreans, if you want to take them out of it, you've got a million man army within, what, five meters of Doesn't South Korea? No, it's not going to take that. But have. all you need to do is just invade and just occupy. They don't really need to do anything. They just need I, to get in there and tie it up. To, they don't even have to cross the border. They have a hundred and some, uh, 190, I think it was, artillery pieces pointed at Seoul. Yeah. Just to rip them, open them up. Yeah. Just, yeah. just fire on Seoul, and then there you go. The, uh, North, uh, South Korea is they're, they're out of the picture. They're going to be cleaning up that rubble. They're going to need all the manpower they can get to clean that up, to to define the you know uh, people that were injured or you know to clean up the rubble, all that kind of stuff. So it, that would take them out of the picture for you know a few months. Um, that would give a window. Um, and then they're going to try to open up war with North Korea at that point. Well, that that has that tied up. You know, they're they're yeah. It, yeah. It's not going to be difficult. And then uh, Japan, no. easy one there. Japan, uh, China has drone. So, you know, the you, you know, the the Russian uh, the missile trucks, they, they had like 40 yeah. some missiles yeah, in the yeah. back or however yeah. many it was. China has the same kind of idea, except they're drones. Oh, and, the drone swarms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think Japan has the defense system to take out drones like that. And they could just uh, hit civilian locations or, or infrastructure there with drones. That would tie Japan up. That's interesting. Well, today we have issued a, uh, a level four do not travel advisory for U.S. citizens to Lebanon. But we're allowing non-emergency personnel to leave after there was a, a fire that was started at a, our embassy there in, in Beirut. I mean, Bruce, when I think about planning a holiday, I think about going to, to Beirut, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Beirut. Yeah, that's uh, quite a ways down the list of places yeah. I want to visit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you have the Saudis have pulled their uh, nationals. Well, they they recommended or uh, ordered, I think, their government uh, personnel, but they recommended that all their citizens leave, uh, as well as the, mm. I think it was the Israelis have said that they recalled all of their citizens from Turkey. They pulled mm. all of their citizens out of Turkey. Uh, and I think that the, uh, I want to say that the Turks have pulled people from from Lebanon to I'm not sure but everybody's being pulled from everywhere now when you start pulling diplomats when, when you start pulling uh, embassy staff and everything from these countries then you know something's about to go down in those countries that's the telltale sign right there yeah so the other the other thing about that is um, if Israel starts kicking off um, the the Gaza uh, which they're doing the buildup now um, the, my assumption is um, Israel's done with the whole playing nice with the Gaza Strip and allowing the uh, Hezbollah to be there or Hamas or whoever. Um, I, I, I think they're done with that now after this uh, uh, latest tragedy. Um, I think the last number I heard, by the way, is uh, 24 Americans were part of the killed. Uh, and how many, hostages? Should, how many hostages do we have? Last number officially is 200. Um, 200. And the old however, man, the old man, sorry, I got to make this point. The old man lumbers over there, gets off the small set of stairs in the basement of the of Air Force. Isn't that great? He hides out in the basement during the campaign. He hides out in the basement on the on the airplane. He hobbles down the stairs, gives a big hug to Netanyahu, gives a speech, and then gets back on the plane and leaves. Makes no attempt to get our people out. Nothing. Uh, to be fair, strategically, so 
okay, if this were a situation of like we're we're fighting a, a, a like a Russia or a China or any other nation like this, there's kind of a mutual understanding that uh, if we attack uh, the sitting president, um, that's going to be the end of us. Uh, these terrorists don't have that mentality. These terrorists see it as an opportunity. So really, for the safety of the president, I would have said, no, nah, you, you're not even going. Like, you don't need to be there. Call me a pansy, but like, we're, we're fighting a different beast here. This isn't like the other nations that we've dealt with in the past. Um, this is a different monster. They're, they're completely fine with dying and getting their 72 virgins or whatever the hell their belief is. These individuals would, would do something that stupid. Do they have the hardware to, to shoot down Air Force One? I don't know. Was the hardware left in Afghanistan to do that? Would be my question. You have a Javelin missile that could potentially take out Air Force One or uh, one of the missiles hit the building that he's in. And the guy's already one foot on the grave and the other on a banana peel. Anyway, all that to say, I don't think he should have been there in the first place. However, 24 Americans, 24 Americans is what we lost. What has been the retaliation? If somebody did that to my family, that's what I, I, I come back to. If, if you had someone come in and murder like uh, like you know, a wedding or something like that, you know, think back like mafia days or something, you know, like one... Uh, one group goes in and, and shoots up a wedding or something like that. What's going to be the retaliation? I mean, same thing here. If it were my family or something like that, blood's going to be shed. Where's the bloodletting? I mean, you, you killed 24 of our own. There's there's something like 20,000 altogether that are in Israel that are unable to get back. If it wasn't for DeSantis, they wouldn't be getting back, might I add. And I, I don't mean to be talking the guy up in the middle of a, a, an election cycle, but I'm talking the guy up because, damn it, quit siding with Trump. Just quit. He is not the guy. Anyway, that's 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 my tangent. I, I want to see. I didn't learn my lesson with 9-11, you know, that happening and then wanting blood. We just lost 24 people. Where's where's where is the we're coming down with an iron fist. You do not do this to us. We are going to make you hurt and make every one of our enemies understand that you do this to us. We will destroy you. I want that kind of a diplomacy back. I miss those days. Well, you see, Bruce, we get that talk, but we get no action behind the words. So we yeah, do get that talk. Strongly yeah. worded that's letter, yeah, letter that's to the manager. Yeah. Because yeah. you know you know, they're going to listen. Those radicals, they're going to listen. From whatever yeah. country, it doesn't matter. They're going to listen. Yeah. So yeah, the 24 that you're talking about and the potential for over 200 more that are still being held yeah. hostage. So what are we going to do? Are we going to give them another $6 billion? Uh, So yes, you're going to get a $6 billion of live ammunition being dumped on you that that's what you're going to get in my opinion well the uh, the the news here is uh, the epic times are reporting today that uh, the us is deploying marines into the middle east to support israel biden went obviously for his visit and the us we also sent uh, an air force fighter jet or yeah air force fighter jet group to the region uh, that would accompany already the mm -hmm. two carrier strike groups that we have in the med already saber rattling yeah. Which, where, by the where, way, where's... those two strike groups, those two carrier strike groups that we placed there over the weekend, they're now within striking distance of the Russian patrols that are being deployed there starting today. Uh, and Bruce, as you can see on screen here, this is the, uh, of course, this is the Eastern Med right here. And we have, as that we know of, we've got three attack submarines, uh, Russian attack submarines that are in the region. They also have uh, their KH-47M2s, which fire the uh, the Mach 10 uh, warheads. Uh, they also have their KH-32s, or their Tupolev Tu-22M3s, uh, which are their supersonic uh, bombers, and then long-range supersonic bombers. And then you also have the uh, the Su-30s, a squadron of Su-30s, as well as you've got three Corvettes that are off the coast of Lebanon right now, and you have... Uh, coastal defense missiles, the S-400s and the S-300s, all of which have a range that cover everything in the Eastern Med. So our two carrier strike groups are all there. I went on a binge here recently. It was actually, ironically, this was before the whole Israeli events. And uh, I watched some history documentary stuff of wars that happened over there that the hardware that they used back then in those wars is some of the same hardware they're using now. Yeah, the accuracy of those missiles uh, for the anti-ship stuff that they were using, 
literally they were throwing up smoke screens and taking evasive action and every single one of the Russian missiles missed every single one of them. And every one of the ones that we used in the West hit their target or hit a target. So this is their their TU-95 long-range missile carrier. Uh, This is recent. This is something that the uh, the Russian Ministry of Defense just put out the other day. When you see this, obviously this is a propaganda video, but when you see this, Bruce, does this look like something that is is current? Does this look like something that, that we would even... Like we would even we wouldn't even deal with something like this. Wait till you see the interior. Uh, something from World War Two could catch up to this. Yes, and shoot it down. Yes, that that's for the listener. This looks like literally the end inside of the aircraft looks like it's from like the 1940s or 1950s. The uh, yeah, it it does not look okay. I'll give them. Uh, I'll give them maybe the 60s uh, because some of that Cold War. You know, definitely Cold, Cold War. War. Yeah, definitely Cold War. Yeah. Because some of the like radar and stuff like that, the the panels and stuff that, and I love the sticky note on. You like the uh, post the yeah, on yeah, the yoke. Yeah, 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 yeah you like I that. I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. It's almost like uh, just a reminder on how you're supposed to fly the the damn thing. No, th- this thing is. Uh, yeah, it's a turboprop. Yeah, okay, it's gonna have a uh, pretty decent speed. But anything that we have, hell, even civilian, like no joke. I'm pulling a Joe Biden. You could probably have the P-51 chase that thing down and shoot it down. I mean, this is what we're dealing with is is that that's that's what we're up against. So I I saw that video yesterday and I thought, hang on a minute. This is like all of this just doesn't seem right. And you know that the Chinese, they're not that much further advanced, maybe a little bit. Right. I think they've I think they've copied like our AWACS. I think they've copied it. But that's that's not to say anything about the interior. I don't know what kind of instrumentation they have, but the outside, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. With screens that don't work. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, they do put on a good show. uh, The Chinese uh, talking about the the space station that they supposedly have. Um, They do make the interior look like it could potentially be in space. It's just they have too many. Um, energy consuming uh, devices in view to uh, be real. But uh, all that to say, um, I guess they could have an RTG or something like that on there that might. Well, it's those giant solar power, panels. But, mm. It's those giant solar panels that they have deployed on there. Yeah. The, the, it's enough to power maybe one TV. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah to be fair, I, I, I will be fair. Um, there's no atmosphere where they're at. So. Or very, very little if they're truly um, there 200 plus miles above the Earth's surface. So the amount of uh, solar radiation that they would be exposed to would be greater because, you know, uh, more of it can get through to it. So potentially you could be getting more energy out of it. Is it enough to make it to where you can run 20 uh, computer monitors and uh, all the computers and servers and everything that they had visible in the in the photographs? No. You're forgetting the best part, Bruce. The glass of water that they had sitting yeah, on the, the table right there next to yeah, all of those, those yeah. instruments. Yeah. And the other thing is, too, um, it's something that he could have done. I, I got to thinking about it later. Um you know, it kind of looked like the, the, the chick's hair was kind of a bit... Yeah, well, that's... You know how you do that? Really strong hairspray, and you get it up there, and yeah. Well, yeah, you, you know how you do that. You remember, we, we used to do that as a kid for science All the static class. balls. Yeah, the, the static, static ball things. ball. You just yeah, touch yeah, that yeah. thing, and your hair goes up. There you go. Just have have uh, some static. Take a, 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 a balloon or something like that and rub it on your head. Same thing. So, no, it, it, it could have easily just been static. Yeah, that's true. All right, um... North Korea, apparently, we did mention North Korea. I suppose we'd talk about North Korea here for a second. North Korea supposedly is on a path to overwhelm U.S. missile defenses. I'm sorry, I, I don't I don't believe that. I, I really don't. I'm not saying that the North Koreans aren't capable. I'm not saying that they can't be, uh, shall we say, gifted some of these things. Because if you look at the, uh, the military parade they had about a month ago, where uh, the Russian defense minister and the Chinese uh, defense minister, who is, by the way, he's, he's been missing, they do have a lot of military hardware. Whether or not it works, we don't know. The fact is, is that the actual show in those countries like that is propaganda to begin with, but you can't dismiss anything. Now, they do have, somehow, they do have exact replicas of our Reaper drones, our, our MQ-4 uh, Reaper drones. How in the world did they get those? Huh. Strange. And oddly enough, they were flying. Now, it's not to say that they actually work as in like they can fire off a missile and they can be accurate with it. But nonetheless, they actually kept them in the air. Then again, 
They also claim that they have a nuclear launch capable submarine. I don't believe that either because of the you know the way that it was rolled out. And when I showed that that photo of the the rollout and the debut to Marty, he was picking it apart within seconds about everything that was going to go wrong with it because it was it was just there was nothing on it that was that was done the way it should have been done. So I'm not sure if I believe this, but they say that our our missile defense systems might be a bit behind the curve. Well, in a way, I'm not gonna I'm not really gonna disagree with that part too much because we have been lacking in the defense department. And I'm not talking about the Department of Defense. We're really lacking there. But we've been lacking in keeping our equipment updated and up to par because well, we haven't been dealing with adversaries, have we? By policy, at the policymaking level, we've been dealing with partners. So therefore, we have neglected our defense systems. We've neglected our nuclear defense systems. Do you know we haven't built a nuclear weapon in, what, 30 years? We haven't built a nuclear device in three decades, and yet we're somehow ag- aggressors here, and the Chinese and the Russians are pumping them out like sausages? And were the aggressors? Excuse me. No, I'm sorry. Excuse me. But I don't accept that. I wholeheartedly reject it. So I, I will say that it is possible. A very actually um, is a known weakness uh, amongst our uh, missile defense systems. The if you fire an ICBM into space and then um, the warhead splits, like the most ICBMs nowadays, they split. There's usually like six or eight warheads on there, maybe even 12. Um, and then you uh, launch the warheads uh, from space. We actually don't have very good uh, anti-missile systems or anti-ballistic missile systems in place that'll f- shoot those down because um, the warheads are very small. Um, well, relatively small, I should say, compared to the ballistic missile itself. Uh, and most of the technology that at least we're privy to here uh, as as the citizenry. Most of it is designed to shoot down the ballistic missile part. Uh, we have defenses in place that are designed to take out the missile right off the launch pad before it gets into space. Supposedly, we have some kind of missile to system as uh, missile defense system in space. Supposedly, I don't necessarily believe that. Part of the problem with doing that in space and having like space lasers or whatever is. You have to generate the electricity to fire the laser. So that either means the easiest way would be chemical, you know, creating a chemical reaction to generate the energy needed. But then you have limited shots. And then the other issue that you run into is, okay, let's say we want to use solar panels. Well, you get one shot every what, like week or something like that. I mean, it's going to take you a while to get the energy back to fire the laser again. So I I think the the statement that they they can overwhelm our anti-missile systems is probably accurate just because all it takes is one a ballistic missile to get into space and if the thing doesn't fail they could potentially drop 12 warheads on uh, different targets across the, the the western world i mean if once you get it into space you can hit anywhere on the planet once you get it to space at, at that point so it's just a matter of knowing your uh, calculus and trigonometry and everything to, to get it to hit where you want it. This is why I make the argument that uh, people say, well, we need to be uh, neutral or we need to be isolationist. I'm sorry, the intercontinental ballistic missile changed all of that. That was a revolution in warfare tactics. Now you can hit a target from the other side of the planet. Now you need alliances. The world government concept is never going to be a reality. We'll just put it that way. If we're going to have these adversaries that are intent on destroying us in different parts of the world, which is always going to happen, this 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 concept that we're somehow just going to, I don't know, uh, abandon and move past tribalism is is naive, I think. It's not going to happen. We're taught to believe that it can happen and that it will happen, but we actually don't. We're actually not going to achieve that, not in our lifetime anyway. No, so, I, I don't I don't think I don't think we'll ever achieve it. I mean, the, the the fantasy of Independence Day when some alien race comes in and we all work together to overthrow the aliens no, and and no. no, it's not we might actually we might uh work together to eliminate that threat. But don't think for a second that then we're going to all be, you know, singing uh, Kumbaya and all. No, no, we're going to go right back to killing one another. And once we once we eliminate the alien threat in in this scenario, we're going to take the technology that the aliens had. We're going to repurpose it for our own and then we're going to use it on each other. That's what it's going to end up happening. Uh, No, the the human race, 
the human race is incapable of of working together at this point. Ideologies are are, are completely completely misaligned. So either that actually there is one way to get a world government. There is one way to do it, and nobody in the West wants to do it. I mean, I I, I don't even want to do it. To be fair, the complete eradication of our enemies that that is the only way to do it is the Western world gets together because we all have very similar ideologies. We all get together and completely obliterate anyone that has a different ideology. That's the only way to do it. And well, I even it then, to. I don't think it, you have it, to do that. Yeah, I don't think it, it would ever have to go that far. And the reason I say is because if we in the West, if we stop getting duped by these countries that want to destroy us. If we stop that, and I mean all the capitalist business people, if you idiots stop going over there and getting in bed with them time and time and time again, we get fooled by this all the time. It's been a hundred years and we're still fooled by this nonsense. If we stop that and we do what defectors like Yuri Bezmenov talked about, if you stop doing business with these countries and you stop doing trade with these countries until they clean their damn act up, and you call them out on the world stage publicly for the bullshit that they continue to do, their own people will turn on them because they will be isolated. I, I still think you're going to run into an issue of just just looking at it from a, a perspective of, uh, I'm boiling, boiling this down really, really, I don't know, heavily. You look at the U.S. and the Western world in general. Basically, we have a Judeo-Christian belief system, right? That, that's what our basis is. The Middle East has the opposite, and the Soviets have opposite of both of us. So, I mean, you know, Christians and Muslims kind of go at each other because of religious disagreements, and then the Russians just go after everybody because... Well, Marxist Leninists. I don't just mean Russians, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Soviets. Uh, well, yeah, Marxist, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Marxist Leninist ideology is atheistic. So there is no concept of religion under right. that because the, you know, the, the ideology of the party is, <laughs> is at the top. So you're right. worshiping man, you're not worshiping God because man believes, un, under Marxist Leninist theology, man believes that they are God. They are the vanguard. They are the, the authority. And it's the top down system. There's nothing from the bottom up. Even the mid range people, that are in the process of working their way up to become part of the nomenclature, they actually don't even get a say most of the time in anything because they're not up there with the top party cadres. They're not up there with, with the party elites. They don't know anything per party logic. They don't know anything. So therefore, they're not listened to. The people at the top know best and it gets dictated down. Ah, sounds awful familiar to Doesn't it? what we're being shoved into. Certainly does. Closing points. Closing points. Um, I, I, I made the statement that I don't think we'll ever get to the point of having one world government and all of that. That is my secular view. Uh, my religious view is we will come to a one world government one day and uh, there will be an iron fist that will be brought down and our enemies will be eradicated, but it won't be our doing. It's very theologic of you. And of course, you are the you are the house theologian. It's been a great conversation, my friend. We will see you next week. Thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone. Have a great evening.